Forgotten Flicks, episode 114, The Philadelphia Experiment, 1984. You all right? Yeah, I'm okay. That's the last one. Thanks. You have any more brilliant ideas? Yeah. We're still in Philadelphia. This is all part of the experiment. They did something to our minds. There's no desert in Philly. Maybe all this isn't real. Maybe it's a hallucination. They could have hypnotized us. You know, they do that to people, you know. You're telling me this is my imagination? And we're now freezing our asses off out here? And they didn't try to kill us last night? They wouldn't do that. It's all part of the experiment. You think the Navy knows what they're doing? You saw the guys on the boat? This wasn't supposed to happen, Jimmy. This is a big mistake. So what do we do, huh? Just keep on going. Hello and welcome to the try that again. Hello and welcome to the Forgotten Flicks podcast. And you know what's not a mistake? Listening to two schlubs talk about the movies you grew up with. I'm Jason, joined as always by that wonky little time traveler himself. Jason. Jason. Yes. <laughs> We're in a time warp ourselves. Mm-hmm, we are mm-hmm. we're in a vortex, uh, living in a light tunnel. Well, that's really what this this podcast is. It's like we've gone yes. forward, then backward, then jumped back through again. Even though technically we cut off the power source. To, uh, never mind. Doesn't matter. <laughs> we're we're kind of stuck in a in a tunnel uh, between the. Let's call it the 1980s. Yes. With a little wiggle room. Yes. Uh, and today. Yes. Whatever day this may be for you. Which, so if you're listening and it's 2137, oh. then the time tunnel is between now and the 1980s. Or, or, hmm? or what huh? if it's what if it's like 28, whatever the hell that guy said it was, <laughs> and, right. and the 1980s. Mm-hmm. So, Al, if you're listening. You, <laughs> or like the- uh, what Time was the, traveling SOB. What year was the time machine- um, the actual the, movie or yeah, the book? Yeah, the movie, the time machine where, um, the HG, the, the, the one that, uh, original HG Wells. Yes. Movie. The original one from back in the day, 1964, yeah. 64, you remember at the there. end when, uh, end he kind of found the cave, uh, in uh, spoiler alert, folks, he goes way into the future. Yeah. Rod Taylor. It was the, uh, the Morlocks right. and all that. Yeah. Well, then he takes what looks like a CD and like spins it. On a tabletop, yeah, and that's what makes it play. Yes, that's how people are going to listen to our podcast in twenty eight. Blah blah blah. Really? I yep. figure they will have just recycled our podcast to some sort of digital toilet paper. Either that, or they will be the Morlocks because they listen to our show. Or and that uh, it, w- it was in fact nineteen sixty, so I was a little. Oh yeah, yeah. I thought it was older than sixty four, but no, nineteen sixty. Anyway, so we're we're covering a very special movie today, as you played a, a, a clip from and uh, announced. Um, but tell the folks why this episode is special for us. Well, here's the thing. I was going to tell them that, and I'll be a monkey's uncle if I couldn't find the example. Did you Did you hear it when you listened to it? I, I did not. Okay. I, I didn't replay it and like listen for the clips, but I didn't recognize it. I went back there. to I went back to the spot. Okay, well, we're, what we're talking about is this: the song, the theme song of this show, 
I found hypothetically on YouTube and I I did do due diligence to find who created it and yeah, I was, we, we tried to contact we did and, but it yeah. was a night and so if anybody out there knows who der Splashbond is a german <laughs> i'm not joking that's what it's called uh, know, a, a german a 1980s electronica band supposedly based on this clip on youtube did this song as but it was like some kind of cover they had it as a cover of a john carpenter song from the movie the philadelphia experiment i remember thinking uh-huh that's yeah. weird. And then I like the sound. I was like, okay, this is awesome. Maybe yep. these guys won't care if we use it for a free podcast that you know we don't make a dime off of. So whatever. We never know. I mean, if we, if we get the cease and desist, we'll cross that bridge. But my point being, <laughs> my point being, yes, that'd be fun going back and editing 114 <laughs> episodes. <laughs> yeah, More than that. More than that. Oh, there's that's bonus true. Bonuses. Episodes and, uh, Crap. In <laughs> anyway. I need an intern. <laughs> yeah, we really do. Yeah, well, we'll pay you with what we get paid. Ah. So here's the deal. We thought for sure this movie, that was why we wanted to do it. Besides the fact that I remember seeing it as a kid. I think you said you had seen it before, right? I remember seeing it as a kid. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I was like, uh, I, quote fingers kid. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Got it. I, I thought it would be a fun movie to revisit. So, but especially the, the connection to the podcast, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. I heard there was a moment where there's a transition. It literally was one Five second transition later in the movie. They're on the road. It's before they get back to the base. And I won't give anything away yet because we haven't gotten into the spoiler alerts and all that crap. And they like show through the windshield of the car and and then they dissolve to another scene. And it was at that moment I got this smile on my face because like, okay, that's got to be it. But it was nothing like what we played at the beginning of the show. I mean, they definitely it was maybe the basic melody of it was there somewhere. My guess is that they just like took a sampling of that bit. I guess. And then electronically just built on top of it. But that, what's weird you know? is when I went back to try and find it, I couldn't find it. Because I guess it was so, <laughs> it was so quick. I was like, you know, I'm like, yeah. like, what the? So I did have, a, I do have a couple of audio samples for something later. But the point being, theoretically, and, and the other thing was the music in this movie is not attributed to John, John Carpenter. He did executive produce this movie. Yeah. But he didn't do the music, though I will make an argument later on that there are a couple of audio clips that I wouldn't be shocked if he didn't have his hand in because I'm like, okay, yeah, if he didn't that is freaking Halloween right there, buddy. Yeah. yeah. I got so, so, yes. So before we go any deeper up the rabbit's hole, Jason, although <laughs> I guess not entirely up a rabbit's hole. I mean, it does relate to what we're talking about here. Yeah, yeah. So would you like me to play the trailer? Yes, yes. Okay, let's do that now. It was October 1943. The United States government authorized an experiment that would render its ships undetectable by radar. The experiment took place on a ship in Philadelphia Harbor. Generators activated, sir. For 41 years, the government denied it ever happened. I don't believe this. The Eldridge has vanished. Of course she has. She's radar invisible. No, sir. She's really vanished. But one ship did disappear, and two of the crew suddenly find themselves in the present. Maybe all this isn't real. You're telling me this is my imagination? You think the Navy knows what they're doing? You saw the guys on the boat? This wasn't supposed to happen, Jimmy. Michael Perret. Somehow we got moved in time. 
This now, this time, it's not ours. 1943 was yesterday for me. Nancy Allen. What sort of experiment is it? Is it some kind of secret thing? Is that it? Well, all that stuff I told the doctors back there, you know, about time in 1943. Do you believe it? Remember, communication ceases when you enter the vortex. We won't be able to help you. Go on. The Philadelphia Experiment. The following segment of Forgotten Flicks will contain information so pertinent to the film that, if you have not yet seen it, may ruin your viewing experience. So if you plan to see this film, please consider resuming the episode only after you've viewed the film, which you can find at... Netflix. Streaming! We now return you to Forgotten Flicks, already in progress. Thank you, JV, for that helpful spoiler alert. <laughs> and thank you to me for cutting that trailer down considerably. <laughs> it was long. Yeah. But it's oh, okay. By the way, Jay, before we keep moving forward on this, I have decided moving <clears throat> m- moving on with this show, uh, I would prefer to be uh, called basically this. Captain Robertson, sir. Captain Robertson? You're just Captain, Captain Robertson? Robertson Yep. That's it. Captain Robinson, All right. sir. I mean, it's Captain there. Robinson, it's sir. there. It was in this movie. Oh. I felt okay. like I related to that. So just call me Cap. Cappy. <laughs> Cap'n. Cap. Cap'n, like the crunch, you know, just drop everything yep. in it. it. Just throw an apostrophe in and make it a, uh, some sort of false contraction. Whatever. I just would <laughs> like that to be my new moniker. <laughs> nice. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I got you. <clears throat> Captain, may yeah. I continue with my oh, synopsis? Oh, wait, no, no. Let's go Dead Poet Society. Captain, my captain. Uh, no. No, I'm sorry. That's you're, too, you're not, I, I've, I've, I crossed the line, didn't I? Damn it. Okay. All right, go ahead, Jay. Do your synopsis. <laughs> uh, Seaman Robertson, can I call you that? Um, How about that? <laughs> yes. Yes, I, I actually do. I actually love Seaman. <laughs> Seaman Robertson's a good good, good name for me. Seaman, yeah. Uh, so for those of you who aren't familiar uh, the Philadelphia Experiment, 1984, is is a story that is supposed to be kind of a based on a quote true story. Totally true. Theory, it's on Wikipedia. Yep. So it's the it starts in uh, during World War II around that time period, 1943, when the these two sailors uh, played by Michael Perry, who is David, um, and his buddy was was it Pete. Jim, the actual character's name, I think Pete is correct. I'd have to look that yeah, up. Yeah, okay. So those guys are are two sailors aboard uh, the USS Eldridge, and um, they kind of it kind of opens with a very typical World War II uh, dance. No, I'm sorry, you were right. Uniform. Sorry, it was Jim. Was it Jim? Yeah. Okay. I don't remember why. I don't know why I thought Pete. I don't Pete. either. But it was anyway, Jim. so Jim. So uh, they're in kind of a very typical dance. It's got the music uh, from the time period. They they kind of get in a bar fight type thing. And uh, the next day they go to their stations on the ship and they're involved in this experiment. And what we gather thus far is the experiment is designed to make the ship invisible to radar. So they go through with this experiment. Something goes horribly wrong. The two of them then try to jump ship, but find they've jumped through some kind of it just laser portal 
<laughs> we'll call it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they appear uh, in they land on the ground and a helicopter starts chasing them. So what we find out is they've tr- they've transported themselves uh, to the future up to uh, 1984. So the rest of the movie is them trying to figure out what happened and get back to their time. So first they're just scared and running and then they kind of start to realize what's happened and then they start to try and fix it. So um, along the way, they come across um, uh, a woman named Allison, played by Nancy Allen, which we'll get to in a minute, but Mm -hmm. she is – uh, most notably from at least the podcast perspective from uh, RoboCop. Yes. Um, and so she helps them along and the three of them sort of go off on this adventure. So that's the crux of it. Now, the thing I wanted to add is, like I mentioned before, this is based on a folk story, kind of a story of an experiment that the U.S. Navy conducted in the 1940s that went horribly awry and then was um, – uh, covered up by the governments and as governments are want to do. Yeah. So uh, it it actually sort of played on that idea. It was sort of like if a, a movie made about Roswell or um, something of that nature. So if you look up the Philadelphia Experiment, there's actually lots of information on it um, bef- before the movie or aside from the movie. Um, so that's kind of the general synopsis. Give you a, a feel for it, and I. We'll talk a little bit, I'm sure, about the actual conspiracy, uh, but I'm going to try my wait, hardest. Wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. When you say when you say conspiracy, that implies <laughs> that it might not actually be accurate. <clears throat> so we'll get to talking about whether or not elevators go all the way to the top floor, or you can have a picnic with only half a sandwich, or <laughs> whether you can row down the river with one oar. Um, but uh, gotcha. <laughs> So <laughs> you're using metaphors or something. Um, so anyway, that's a synopsis. Excellent synopsis, Jason. So before we dig in too deep mm-hmm. to, to this particular uh, motion picture, yep. when do you recall was the last time you saw it? Um, before watching it to get ready for the show, I have not seen it in many years. Um, I do remember seeing it multiple times, uh, when I was younger, uh, early teens. Um, but I remember watching it several times. And when I rewatched it this time, I had a lot, I remembered most of it, Yeah. but when I tried to think back on it, I could only remember bits and pieces here and there. Um, I often, because of that Navy sci-fi, um, connection i often get this and what was the other one we were talking about oh final countdown with Kirk final Douglas. countdown yeah. yeah i know they're completely different movies but the well, idea there's a similar uh, idea there yeah yes like a navy ship and time some travel and stuff yeah. yes yeah so i get i got those blended in my mind over the past 30 years but uh watching this i remembered it Plus, all the way through wasn't that movie was it the movie forever young i know that was with mel gibson right there was a movie there was another movie that dealt with time travel on some level similar to this one that I recall, like I have in my head. And I don't know if it, as we dig deeper, maybe I'll cheat and use IMDb because I don't remember if it, if it was that one or not. But I, I just remember there was another one that had a similar idea of these guys. Uh, oh, here we go. Yeah, it is. Forever Young. Mel Gibson, Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, writer J.J. Abrams. Director Steve Miner, as in the guy who did Friday the 13th 2 and 3 and Lake Placid and 
house. Ah. The plot is a 1939 test pilot asks his best friend to use him as a guinea pig for a cryogenic experiment. Daniel McCormick wants to be frozen for a year. Oh, that's what it is. He's frozen, oh, I remember. and yeah. then he comes back. Yeah. In the, okay. So he's it's, the same kind of. He's, he's you know he's a military, yes. and it's uh, yeah. from yeah. that time period that's what, to the present. This, even more so for some reason, that movie and Philadelphia Experiment. My head were kind of those scenes that were melded together. Yeah. 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 J.J. Abrams that, wrote it. That's bizarre. I did not know that. Really? Yeah. Jay, what year was that? 1992. It says J.J. Wow. Abrams, writer, and Steve Miner, the director. I had no idea. That's cool. Anyway. It's fascinating, though. It's fascinating, though, how um, for for you, those two movies, and for me, the uh-huh. uh, the ones we talk about, that how they how the scenes kind of come together. Yeah. And I think a lot of that has to do with not so much that the stories are similar, although that does have something to do with it, but sometimes just the tone yeah. being the same, yeah. for me, sense, tends to make them stick together. I know, you know what you and, mean. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. So the feel of the movie more than just that, oh, of course, because it's a story about a military guy and time travel. No, it, it's more to do with the tone of the movie. So yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. And I think it's weird that you said you didn't remember a lot from it prior to seeing it. But then once you saw it, you're like, oh yeah, I remember this, this, and this, this. I had the exact same experience. Like, <laughs> yeah, my, my, before I saw it and without giving anything away yet, yeah, oh, when was the last time you saw it? Uh, probably like the same time period you did. I want to like say it would have been that late '80s, early '90s period. It was on HBO or something, and I caught yeah, it. Yeah. So it was you know early teens, you know tween age. Yeah, and I remember liking it. But when I mentioned it to my dad recently, oh yeah, Jason and I are going to do this, you know, Philadelphia experiment. He said, "Hey, you know the only thing I ever remember out of that movie is the guys that are like." in the bulkhead of the ship. Yeah. He goes, that, that always, st-. and it's like, until he said it, I'd completely forgotten about it. And I was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. That's messed up. So <laughs> it's weird. It's a, it's almost like the real conspiracy here is how this movie had an ability to completely be erased from our memories on one level. And then, Oh my God. Oh my God. The experiment worked. Maybe that's what the experiment this was. This movie became invisible to everybody's radar. Could the Philadelphia <laughs> experiment actually be about cream cheese though? <laughs> Just saying, it could be. It is. It's fascinating, though. I mean, because well, we'll get into it. So, but you haven't seen it since the the eighties. I don't. I would say late eighties, early nineties is the the one. I only saw it once, maybe twice, and I haven't seen it since then. And not because I didn't like it. It just wasn't yeah. one of those movies that I felt like I needed to revisit time and again. Yeah, I I I didn't even remember who was in it. I mean, I have the. Uh, I knew that. I did remember. Memories. I remember Nancy Allen and Michael Pere. I yeah. believe is how you pronounce it. And those are the only, or Michael Pear. It's probably Pear. I, yeah. we're, we're getting offensive because because has like an accent i think accent on the, yeah, the yeah. it's got to be power <laughs> no it's probably just michael pear <laughs> correct us please i know you will out there <laughs> yes oh and speaking of of uh of always good corrections before we move on any forward and i end up freaking forgetting and feeling like crap and wanting to go back and add it in tell you at lunch one day oh i'm gonna add it back in you're like yeah okay sure you will and then i don't do it <laughs> you know you won't yeah i know i won't <laughs> we have to also give Props and kudos because our buddy Peter wrote a yep. review for this a while back. It's on the site. Just go to ForgottenFlix.com and search for Philadelphia Experiment. Click, 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 click. And yep. if you're hearing this, this post, this podcast, and actually I'll link to it in the show notes of the show. That'd be easier. What am I doing? Come on. I'll link to it, his review, and he wrote a review of this movie. What What's cool is he got a message, I think it may have been a tweet, from Miss Nancy Allen herself. She apparently read his review on the yeah. side. So 
Which what? is which is funny because we've actually had that happen. Yeah, not a lot, but a couple a of times. A couple times, so yeah. It's it's always neat, especially with some of these movies that are uh, forgotten. You know, like we cover, but a lot that just sort of fallen off the radar for uh, a number of years. But that's always cool to see that. So kudos, Peter. Indeed, indeed, kudos to so, that awesome Dane. So I want to I want to point out a couple of things before we get into what we thought of the movie. Yes. Um, a couple more uh, elements of it. So it was directed by Stuart Raffle, mm-hmm. um, who I going into it not related course. to Johnny Bingo, by the way. No, no, no. nice. That was yeah, well played. You like that? You like that? Thank you. Um, but of course, watching this movie as a kid, I had no memory of uh, any of that. I even hardly remember who was in it. I, I kind of had a, a memory of Michael uh, Paré, and mainly because I remember at the same time, or roughly around that time, watching um, Eddie and the Cruisers. Oh, 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 wait, you mean... like I'm obligated to play it to the chorus, but it takes forever to get there. <laughs> okay, you know, I'm done. Go ahead. <laughs> is, you know, for years when I was a kid, I thought that any of the cruisers sang that song. <laughs> is it Bruce Springsteen? Uh, I think so. Is it? Because it sure as hell sounds like him. I didn't again, apparently I'm too damn lazy to look it up, but. Yeah, no, I think so. Um, but I remember Michael Perry from, from any of the cruisers and I, that was it. So, of course, I had no idea who directed it. So when I watched the movie and got ready for the show, I'm like, all right, do my do my homework. I got all my stuff. And come to find out that um, the director, Stuart Raffle, ha- has directed two other movies of immense note. One of them is one of my favorite movies from the 80s, which I haven't seen in probably about six years. Okay. But it hasn't been – no, maybe not that long. Maybe about four years. Ice Pirates from 1984. Yes. Love that movie. It's a ridiculous, stupid, corny movie, but it's it's funny. Um, but another one he directed, which is one I actually read an article about not too long ago. He directed Mac and Me. Yes, Mac and Me. Do you remember that from 1988? I, I didn't. I never saw it. Isn't that Lonnie Anderson? And it was a Roger Corman joint. But it was like one of his kid produced movies. I'm pretty sure. I think Corman produced that. Oh, I don't know who produced it. I don't. It was meant to be. It's meant to. I think if it's one, well, maybe I'm thinking of Munchies too. (laughs) Hold on. (laughs) Speaking of mixing (laughs) your uh, crappy (laughs) Mac and yeah, there's no. The the article I read was about the top five movies um, uh, that had commercials in them. Yes, and it was movies that did the uh, what do they call that plug for? like when they have a cameo of the products and stuff. Oh, product, product, product placement, yeah. Product placement, yes. This rated the absolute highest product placement of all. This was pretty much a long McDonald's and Coca-Cola commercial. <laughs> so, gotcha. And it was an E.T. A- FYI, I, I just pulled a Jason Philadelphia Experiment Final Countdown. I uh, confused Mac and me with Munchie, not Munchies. Oh, Munchie. Munchie, which by the not way, technic- no, not Munchie. <laughs> Munchy, which in a weird opposite day twist is actually the sequel to Munchies, which is plural. It would be like Aliens being the first one and Alien being the sequel. You're like, what? That doesn't make any sense. So, and Lonnie Anderson starred in it along with Andrew Stevens, and it was in fact produced by Roger Corman. So I was on the right track. Both of them had a goofy ass looking alien thing in it. 
Yeah, Mac and me, watch the trailer. Um, I, I remember... I think Munchie would be more fun to do on the show. Probably, yeah, I'm not, I don't want to do Mac and me on the show. Yeah. Although, maybe. Munchie, maybe. a Munchie's Munchie double feature might be... Uh, that I'd be more up for. Yeah, yeah. So, but anyway, uh, so the director, um, uh, Stuart Raffle, he did Ice Pirates and uh, Mac and me. So I saw, I saw that and wanted to call that out. But uh, other people of note... Yes. Uh, ...that are in this. There are a couple of other people. Um, one is... Uh, a perennial favorite of mine for a couple reasons was uh, Stephen Tobolowski. <laughs> Watch out for that first step. It's a doozy. <laughs> you mean Ned? Ned the head? Needlenose Ned? Or need, was it Needlenose Ned? Need- <laughs> Ned Ryerson. Ned I, Ryerson. I watched that clip to get that for, specifically for you for the show. Oh and, my! God. And, I, and I was immediately. I turned to the other and said, "We got to watch Groundhog Day like now." We do. <laughs> <laughs> it is. He he was in Groundhog Day, which is probably the thing he's most well known for. Although he was also in a bunch well, of other stuff. More recently, like Glee, he was the teacher that yep. the main character yep. replaced. Glee, yeah, and yep. he's done a lot of TV stuff, and uh, but he's actually done um, like he was in. He was a voice in the Lorax, the the um, uh, most recent animated one that was out. Um, he's been a yeoman actor around Hollywood for a long time. He was in Heroes. Uh, for um, a good number of episodes, who's a character in there. So, but anyway, uh, he's a favorite of mine because he does a, a cool podcast called The Tobolowski Files, which he tells stories of his life. But he has uh, not only has he led a fascinating life, but um, his podcast is really it's really well put together, and he is a fantastic storyteller. So it's a it's a cool podcast I've listened to for a couple of years, um, and I forgot completely that he was in this. He's some kind of military. Um, He's one of the scientists. Yes. Like the junior scientists. In the, in the 80s. Yes. Uh, yes. In the 80s when they're in the future. And uh, it's it's really, it was like, ah, Steven. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, no, that was uh, very cool. It was very cool. So he's in it. And then I didn't really recognize anybody else. Um, I did recognize the judge. And I looked, there wasn't anything major. Um, uh, uh, the, I'm sorry, not the judge, the doctor. Uh, at the end, the old version of the scientists. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name was Eric Christmas. He, you know, he's been in a few things and some voice things, but it wasn't anything that it was like, oh yeah, I recognize him from that. You know, I would be pulling out of my ass. The, okay, so you're ready for spotting? Where's Waldo? Because I think I think I totally did a Where's Waldo in this one. Yeah, I'm just 100 cross referencing it at the moment, though. I'm I'm like almost positive I probably should have done this earlier, but. Uh, D- uh J- Jason, uh, dance for the folks. Because this guy has been in a crap ton of TV stuff. My God, man. Take a vacation. The person I'm specifically thinking of, when they went to the Texaco gas station. That okay, David- so, this is, so this is uh, in the future. Yes. And this is when uh, Jim and no, not yeah. Uh, it was Jim with them at that point, or was it just David? I think da- I think Jim had already gone. You know, is they, he gone? Yeah, okay. he had already teleported back to the uh, Enterprise. Yeah. Uh, so it was just David. He went to Texaco. Oh, was he with? Uh, yes, Nancy Allen. Yeah, Nancy, and they um, they pulled up and because uh, I thought it was because it was his dad. It was supposed to be his dad's. His yes, da- it's where his dad's place used to be, and they were showing like they had old black and white photos of his dad who had gone on to become this uh, race car driver and everything. Yes, that would yeah, be the so one. So, so there was a mechanic or a guy that works there with reddish hair. Yeah. You know, yep. comes out and offers to put gas in their car. Yeah, because I remember he said, 
unleaded. And I thought, wow, here's a movie about time travel showing how dated it is. Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> leaded or unleaded. <laughs> exactly. That guy I recognized. Now, I couldn't remember the actor's name. Yeah. He was on. Did you ever watch 24? Uh, I've seen seen bits and pieces. Okay. Yeah. He played Aaron. He was a secret service agent for the president. I know he was in seasons, I believe seasons five and six, and he may have been in a, I think he may have been a, yeah. not all of them, but he was in a lot of them. Yeah. And he was a more reoccurring character than most. Wow. But he, if you look him up, his, the actor's name is Glenn Morshower. And I looked it up. I was right. It's the same guy. He doesn't look anything like that. I mean, nothing i mean other than he's bald he has a little bit of that halo hair going around the edge and if you look really close you can tell it's kind of red <laughs> but you mean in 24 he doesn't look like that nothing i mean not at all oh, like if you wow. look up glenn morshower m-o-r-s-h-o-w-e-r -E -E, yeah. you'll see what i'm saying like he doesn't look because you think about how he looked in that movie he was skinny yeah, and yeah. had this long curly red hair yeah. Young, yeah. I mean, this is uh, forty years ago. So. Yeah. Well, forty. What? Thirty years. Ago, How sorry. old are you trying to make us? My God, man. <laughs> sorry, thirty years ago. Just because you turned sixty-eight <laughs> oh, a couple eight. weeks ago. Which, by the way, everybody, hold on, because we didn't do this. Because technically, before when we had our last episode, it was before your birthday. So this is uh, after your birthday. By the time this airs, it's way after, like a couple weeks. But happy uh, birthday to here. Jason. I'm, He's old I'm, as hell. What? Do it. Uh, Wait, you, oh no, he's I being can't. he's being sucked into the vortex. Oh. He's actually so old officially that he has created a rift in the space-time continuum. So, <laughs> yes, he's forty. Uh, I said it. I don't care who knows. Thanks. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> By the way, Jason, do you mind if I tell him how old you are? Oh, oh, it's okay now. A little later, I'm going to give him your address and your social. Is that okay? You can, you can edit that out later, of course. <laughs> oh, I will. I totally will. Oh. Uh, <laughs> so I want to <coughs> speaking of time travel, I want to talk a little bit about this movie now mm. about the story. We're, like, we're exactly 30 minutes in. Well, we want to ruin movie. our groove. We just haven't talked about the story. Okay. That's true. Although so, before, before you go on, did you catch the couple things I was talking about that you should have noticed? Should have like, I put you on the logo. Oh, what? Huh? What? Um, uh, I don't remember. Okay. When the, specifically the context. what? Well, Okay. Specifically when they're in the cafe, it's, it is Jim and David at that point. Yep. They're in the cafe. It's pretty early on into their stint into 1984. Right. And while sitting at the bar, Jim notices the TV. Right. And he's watching the TV. Did you catch the movie? Oh, no, I don't remember. Well, this was produced. This was put out by new world, which yes. I believe was, some it was a division of of Roger Corman's company. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure. Was it? Damn it! I don't remember. I remember it being like a sci fi movie or something. Yeah, like a bad B sci fi yes, movie. Like yes, like a B movie. But yes. I don't remember what it was. I didn't even pay attention. I believe I could be mistaken because I don't I don't think I caught it in the credits. But that just could be because you know, and I yeah. didn't fall asleep, so that's good. Uh, <laughs> I believe. It was humanoids from the deep. Oh yes, yes, you're right. You're is, right. Okay, I, I figured because if you showed, knew, if you saw it, yes. you would know. So yes, 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 it was because it was. It showed the guy in the like the kelp suit dragging the woman out to the ocean. Um, yes, it was. And humanoids from the deep, for those of you who don't know, is a uh, pretty much about sea monsters that come on shore to rape human women. 
So you're just saying it's a it's a family film. It's a it's a kid film. Um, I, it is. You're right. You're absolutely right. I remember that now um, because it had that scene with the bad kind of not bad makeup. It's the B movie rubberized suit kind of thing. Um, yes, you are correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are correct. I, I thought. I, what's that? What else did I miss? That was really the main thing. <laughs> I just figured it, it, it was an opportunity to see something Corman related. Yeah, found, yeah, Roger Corman founded New World Pictures in 1970. Uh, okay, yep. Um, because I do remember later on when uh, uh, David is in the hotel room and he's flipping through TV stations and he comes across um, uh, Abbott and Costello. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, that's more my style. And he watches that. Was, was it like, Was it Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein? I don't remember which one. I think it was, was it? I think it was, yeah. Yeah, and then and then later on, of course, they they have the uh, Reagan come the, the very back to the, even though technically oh, this is before yes, Back to the yes. Future. Reagan's on it's in telling some anecdote about being in Hollywood, and he's like, "Is this another movie?" No, then, it was Reagan like giving a press. Yeah, conference. it was press conference. It was modern yeah, day eighty four as president, but he was doing it. He was telling a story. If you listen to yeah. the story, it was something about like a Hollywood director told him once and blah blah blah. Yeah. And so David looks. He goes, "Is this, is this another movie?" Yeah. And she kind of looks at him and goes, uh, like, no. Yeah. Uh, that I, was. I like Doc Brown's reaction much better. <laughs> the actor? Who's first lady? Jane Wyman? <laughs> 1.21 gigawatts. <laughs> that, that movie uh, never you, gets you made old. me joke on my Reagan. Whoa. Uh, get your Reagan out of your mouth. Uh, sorry. Um, yeah, that was good. So anyway, I want to talk about the story for a minute here. 1.21 gigawatts. <laughs> the fact that you actually had that as a sound clip that's <laughs> <laughs> I've never taken it off it's just too who awesome. the hell are you all of a sudden <laughs> who the hell are you all of a sudden <laughs> there's a few that will stand the test of time stay forever that is for sure yep. um, so more, more depth to the story is that uh, Dave and Jim were working in a special room of the, um, the ship what we assume was some kind of generator and they, mm-hmm. they referred to it as a generator that created this time vortex thing right and the room uh was like a giant room full of the old vacuum tubes just hundreds of them all over the place and when they lit the machine up to begin with that's when everything kind of electrified and this field went on and jim grabbed something to like turn it off right mm-hmm. to try and save them and he burned his hand so they Escape from that room. Everybody's screaming, running around. Fancy special effects. Everything looks like it's it's uh, a like a rave. Yeah, yes, yeah, it looks like they're in a rave. They jump off and they get into the future, right? And so Jim's hand is still hurt, but it like lights up every so often. It's almost like part of him is still stuck in the past, and the vortex is trying to reconnect the energy or something. Um, and he gets progressively more ill as he uh, spends more time in the future. And he also seems to attract lightning. Yes. Like, it, like I said, it's almost like the energy of that vortex, right? So at one point he's in the hospital and he disappears. He vaporizes. The light finally consumes his whole body and he disappears and everybody's around. Everybody sees it uh, and he disappears. So at one point, that's when David is alone now, and he just has uh, uh, Allison, who's uh, Nancy Allen character, uh, Nancy Allen's character, and they're trying to find out what's going on. So they decide that they're going to go back to the old Parker Ranch, which is where Jim's parents live. Right? Mm-hmm. They're going to reconnect. So they go there, and they realize Jim's probably there. 
or that he may be there. More, than, li- more than likely, yes. Yeah, someone from the Emerly. So they go in, they meet his wife. She sees David and, you know, does her typical, it can't be, it is. And then they realize that they want to see Jim. So she said he's out there, spends time with the horses, and he sees David and acts like, holy crap, I went through all this therapy. They told me it was all <laughs> fake. And here you are. I don't want to talk to you. And literally shuns him. And then he has all of his goons like throw him off the ranch kind of thing. Or right? his sons, which is how I took it. <laughs> oh, yes. Family, you know, whatever, yeah. right? Or goons. Uh, same difference. <laughs> <laughs> they look like goons. Cowboys. You made it sound like the guy's running like a mafia dude ranch. <laughs> so his ranch hands. Okay. Is, is more what I wanted to say. So is that um, different than jazz hands? Uh, it can be, but it depends on you know, if you're doing the boot scoot and boogie at the same time. Got it. Because that's exactly the same thing. Got it. Um, here's my question at that point. Sure. <clears throat> As we have learned through Hollywood time travel lore, when you travel back in time and have to live out the Gotta rest go back of in time, time, all the way back to the period at which you were transported. Gotta go back in time i'm giving don't you i'm giving you, you theme music <laughs> thank you don't you think that day gotta go back been in st- time been stuck in his mind so that he would have been preparing for that day for decades well uh, jim would have uh, known wait 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 he disappeared uh, on that day ah 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 what day the day that david comes to see him yes is the day that Jim disappeared. Or but like the, but the two separate Jims would not. What I'm getting at is. If Jim disappeared. Young Jim wouldn't know about old Jim seeing David, right? No, that's correct. And okay. what I'm saying is. Old Jim should. You're saying should have known that was the day. No, what I'm saying is young Jim was in 1984. He, be- he was there with David and everything, yes. right? Yes. And then he gets transported back to his ship. Yes. So he has memory of being in 1984. He has memory of this chase. Mm -hmm. You know, all this stuff's going on. It was days. They know it wasn't a dream. He gets thrown back home to 1943 as young Jim Mm -hmm. and then has to live out the next 40 years. Uh, Wouldn't you think in his mind he's thinking that day is coming up? 1984 is coming up. Yeah, but but, but here's the thing. 1984 is coming up. that, That version of him. And I and looking at it, we could get into the, the whole discussion. No, no, of, no, that is him. That but, is no, no. still the same version. But, but listen to what I'm saying. That younger Jim that went back. It's he he know, all he knows is on that day he ended up in a hospital bed, and the next thing he knew, he was on the deck of that ship. So what I'm getting at and a matter of fact, the way they play it off later in the movie, the way he comes back, it was almost as if he was unconscious and not even sure how he got on the deck of the like, so he was confused. So I, I uh, would, however, I'm going to play devil's advocate on this one because okay. I'm, I'm all with you. I'm all for it when you, you know, like I'm mean, obviously like, Terminator. As much as I love that movie, it is so easy to pick it apart. Back to the Future. So I will give this movie credit. I think when it because time travel is one of those paradoxes. It's so difficult. It's hard, it's especially when you try hard. to do yeah. it in a linear fashion. If you start, if you, yeah. if you introduce the concept of maybe like multiple parallel existence universe type stuff then it, it works yeah, a little better yeah. but but when you do it this way because yeah, you have to put it all in a storyline a single linear yes. storyline but so then he acts like he's surprised that david's there that i think day. he's more like terrified he does, because he, okay. because what i'm saying is he had no me- he would have no memory of that interaction because that didn't happen to you as an old man no but he would have known that that was the day or the week that all this stuff the shit hit the fan well, yeah. he would have known that that's the week that they were in the future i will grant you that 
he would he no. would he should remember that much. However, I would also say if they put him through enough, sh- you know, shock therapy or whatever they would have put him through back in the day, <laughs> yeah, in the forties, yeah, yeah, and, and if one was to go on the idea that this Philadelphia experiment actually happened. The idea of them being brain because that was part of the conspiracy, right? That they had all been brainwashed to believe it hadn't happened. So what I'm saying is you could make the narrative argument. I'm not saying a scientific or realistic argument. I'm simply saying a narrative argument for why he could have gone and been in this peaceful state of not remembering. Like it's it's like he tra- he was so traumatized. It was so PTSD for him that he blocked it the hell out. OK, I would have accepted that except for one thing after uh he shuns david Mm -hmm. and after they leave the ranch david's all distraught and Mm -hmm. he and allison get back in the car and then the you know they they run off and leave yep jim's there with his wife yep i know she says something to him like you should have you should have at least talked to him or something like that and jim says and i don't remember the quote here but he's i remember i wrote it down here he said something like he has no idea what he's about to go through did he say that? I think he said, I can't go through that again. He did say that, but he actually made reference to what David is about to go through and what he's about to experience. He, he makes a reference. Okay, well, like, you, but, but you know what that is. That's well, that it. goes back to here in, in storytelling. Here's what happens. He says that gives us a tidbit that, oh, something else is going to happen to David that Jim you know, has well, because they've already set up the idea that David never made it back to 1943. Correct, but that, that he goes through something horrific and or something bad, and so at the very end of the movie, spoiler, David goes back into the time vortex with this spacesuit on. Because well, well, one thing, well, and one real quick thing earlier, did you didn't mention the fact that this this whole issue of the ship getting you using this cloaking device caused it to go yeah. in the future, but it's no, only no, no. because simultaneously, which by the yeah. way indicates parallel universes more than actual <laughs> time travel i i would argue this is an unintentional totally unintentional this movie i don't w- say parallel universes no i say that this is a singular timeline and at two points in the timeline mass energies were activated that then connected but what i'm getting so at how universe, can, okay look at a line on a map how, or on a, draw a line on your wall how the hell you, you get two points to connect like that easily you fold that in half so it's when you talk about bending space, yeah. if you take a piece of paper and you draw a line between two points okay, and then if you saying. pull that piece of paper, that's what a wormhole is technically in physics. And yeah. I'm not a phys- I'm not a physicist, but yeah. the the stuff you just that play I've seen one on a podcast. I, I got just, you. I, I did stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night. So I'm technically saying, it's the same thing. You have no idea. But um, so I saw it as it's the same linear timeline and that there was just this porthole between mm-hmm. these two times because in 1984, they did the same experiment, which we find out was done by the same doctor, Dr. Longstreet, um, that did it back in the 1940s. Because at the end, David's like, or was it David or somebody said, um, might have been Allison, was like, and you did it again? <laughs> right? Like after. Yeah. And then that becomes more disturbing because when David goes back and saves that time vortex by shutting down the well, generator. And, and, the, the, and the whole reason why he has to go back, and this is the part I was trying to get to, was that there's a huge, essentially a huge storm that has developed over this yeah, like little town sky. that it also, because not just the ship, but this town that they had done the experiment in in yes. 1984 got sucked up. And so yep. it's like basically sucking all matter and everything, almost like it's a black hole becoming one. destroy the earth. Yeah. 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 Um, so the only way to stop it is someone has to go in there uh, and who knows that generator to shut it down. So he goes in, he shuts it down. The ship reappears in 1943 
with, as you mentioned, the guys like it's like their molecules they're molecules have been yeah, they're fused like, into yeah. the deck and they're ha- and that's part of the mythos of the original story. But which I'll tell you right now, like, I still found that disturbing as hell. Yes, and it's it's messed up. And so the fact that that doctor did that experiment back in the 40s and people died and yeah. burned and melted into the deck and he did it again in yeah. the 80s. But that's not without precedent. That's no, not without precedent. I mean, of people getting, getting so worse when he said that, but, you know, it, but I think that you can, cause I think that I can even make the argument that while it's a villainous thing to do, the guy wasn't really portrayed as a villain. And the reasoning being, okay, he felt so bad, so guilty. He may have had it in his head. Maybe I can make this right. Yeah. By doing it correctly. By doing or it correctly. Yeah. yeah. Like that idea yeah. that your biggest achievement was your biggest failure. How can I go back and fix that? Especially when lives I, are lost and yeah, yeah, I get it. And but it, it begs the question, what happened to all those people in the town? There, it wasn't, it, that's, that's the other thing. I, I don't know why they kept calling, calling it a town. town. It was like a base. It was like an army base. It looked like it was just a bunch of, um, uh, what are those? Like a barracks park, or no, no. It looked like those metal buildings. They park airplanes in. Yeah. Like hangers it. and like, hangers. I just, it just I, looked like a remember, series you know of hangers. Reminded me of Gomer Pyle. Remember yeah. Gomer Pyle when they would show yes. the base? Yes. That's what it looked like to me. The corrugated metal yes. roofs and stuff. Yeah. So it did not look like a town, but they kept calling it a town. So anyway, going all the way back to what I was saying, when old Jim says he has no idea what he's going to go through, okay. it was sort of one of those time travel hints that they give you that he has knowledge of something bad and that maybe David comes back back in time and dies or something terrible happens. So when he goes on the ship to save it, that's when he actually sees Jim again. And we find out that when Jim disappeared from the mm-hmm. hospital, he just reappeared on the ship. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of teleported him back. And see that moment, I, ass- I assume, because it's not explicitly stated, is what Jim was talking about. That- yes, that's what I thought. Yeah, that because the, the, it was a horrible situation. And, all that, that, stuff. That, that then, and then at the end, a major, major spoiler alert, David jumps nope. back. Yes, because what they, what they allude to is that um, as they're kind of exploring this future, that David's not around. Yes. And he's not anywhere. And I'll be and honest with you. I think even, I think, didn't um, Jim's wife say, no, you never came back? Yeah, and the, the yes. implication was that he would have died. And I'll he say, died, yeah. I, and, and I honestly think, I mean, it, it's fine. I can see how you would read the whole thing with the old guy that way. But I took it more as, he had like PTSD had shut this thing out yeah, of his head because he got this bad yeah, trip. Yeah, not even brainwashed because he obviously remembered because he said, I don't want to go through that again. So he obviously remembered yeah. something, but maybe he had pushed it so far out of his head that that anniversary rolled up and it just, it didn't even click. Yeah, that's true. Now, that's I, true. I granted, it's a bit extreme to think, well, if he knows he came back to 1984, it's now 1984. Wouldn't that whole year you pretty, if anything, he should have been like locked away going, oh my God, <laughs> it's coming. Oh my God. You know? I would have moved to the mountain. Yeah, right? or something, that's right? So, or, or, or God forbid, wait for your friend and try to give him a heads up on the bad, you know. Yes, but, yes. But the key, you know what gas station you were at. Or but what here's diner. the key. And this is the reason why I think so many of these time travel movies get screwed up. One of the best time travel movies I've ever seen. Have you ever seen Primer? It, the name doesn't sound familiar. Okay, it's Tell a, me about it. It's a very low, I think they paid, they spent like $25 or $30,000. This guy, I can't, his name is escaping me, but it is a very cerebral science fiction movie, but it's not science fiction like what you would think. It takes place in the modern day. Everything yeah. is very low tech, but these guys who are like engineers by day just decide to build this thing. They like tinker with stuff in their garage. Well, as it turns out, they're building a time machine, but it's one of those movies that's so 
paradoxical and and it's like crazy smart that at the end of your kind of like god i'm an idiot i can't i i know that I, it's almost like it works because it's so complex in a way and, and yeah. not not confusing to the point where you're like okay they're just making this it feels right it feels like it all makes yeah. sense but that it's just way smarter than you are so you don't even bother trying to figure any holes in it <laughs> so, yeah. yeah so so it's it's a great movie it's probably the best like most consistent time travel movie but one wow. thing i'll give this movie credit for that i thought really surprised me in order for these things to work there has to be a level of almost a sense of fate because characters can't ch without changing the timeline right if 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 jim tells michael or not michael i'm sorry uh david, david. something yeah other like than what you know say yeah yep. and the fact that for their point of view david didn't come back because and that would explain why because he didn't come back yeah. you know just those little th that would be why yeah, he that's was what, that's ahead. what i took it when david you know when, when when i the only reason i was disappointed that they didn't show david reacting more when i mean jim reacting more yeah. when david showed up was that they did i thought they did such a great job with when jim alluded to he doesn't know what he has to go through i took that as i can't tell him what's going to happen because he has to go out there and save the ship and i can't alter that future you know what maybe that's exactly what it was yeah, that, that makes so, a lot of sense now. Yeah, that, that that makes perfect sense that he knows what David did, and and of course, yeah. well, and that was the other thing. The scientist, I loved, and that was the other thing. I loved that the scientist scientist said, "We know you're going to go back. We know you're going to bring because the ship came back because he remembered that." So I like that they didn't wait yeah. to the end of the movie like, "Oh, big twist." No, the big yeah, twist yeah. was they don't know in 1984 is that going to help the vortex stop sucking the Earth up? because yes, it know might that not. The ship's going back. Yeah. So now, I like that. Now, here's another part that I wanted to ask your opinion on. So okay. at the very beginning, uh, Jim is shown with his wife. Like he's married to this, this you know, uh, cute girl and she's pregnant because mm -hmm. uh, they kind of play up. You know, he'll, he'll be back and all that. When they showed the future and they showed the guy in the um, laboratories there, I thought that was going to end up like being his son or something. I actually now, thought that too, on some level that he was going to end up being like his son was going to be part of that yeah. somewhere in that. Now, as I'm watching, as I get towards the end, I realize, okay, wait a second. That guy is like 70 years old. So he can't, this, this movie only takes place 40 years. No, see, after. I thought Steven Tobolowski's character was going to end up being the son. Yeah. But I thought, okay, well maybe some, yeah, thought maybe someone on, because at one point the older professor uh, um, he actually kind of looks longingly at this picture from the forties. I thought that was more of a connection to someone he knew yeah. and not the fact that he was a scientist. It didn't hit me until they actually explained that towards the end well, uh, that he was the real scientist in that. Oh, that he was the scientist that had caused it to be the original one. Yeah. yeah. And actually I wrote this note down. The reason why I knew it was him early, early on, it was around that time with the picture and everything Yeah. because they gave one. And I thought this was actually really cool. I like that they did this a very simple visual clue at the very beginning of the movie when he's sitting there right before they're going to the night before the experiment oh. everybody's partying remember yeah. he's sitting there like looking long out the window the other guy comes in and says hey you should get some rest he goes like well we haven't tested it enough or whatever yeah. he's got his watch he's flipping he, that watch around yeah. his fingers so he's got this yeah. is this time piece in his hand yeah. and it's just rotating over and over again well later on when we see him as this old man he's doing the same uh, that's thing true. And i was like that's, that's a cool non they didn't oversell I, did, I like that they didn't 
the other thing I liked about this movie was there wasn't a lot of that heavy-handed exposition where they basically assume oh. we're all morons. Yes, you're an idiot. We have to tell you every single little detail yeah. in script. See, that's what yeah. also was cool about Primer is it gives us way too much credit as an audience. Like, it's like, <laughs> well, we just all assume you guys are all, you know, like uh, quantum, quantum physics. Yeah, qu- yeah, quantum uh, physics. I mean, it's the basics. You got the basics, like quantum theory, theory right? <laughs> yeah, it, it was. It was. And I'm going to let the cat out, of, cat out of the bag here. I was genuinely surprised how much I love this movie. Yeah, I it liked was, it a lot, too. I was, I'm not going to really, have a BS It wasn't it, because yeah. I thought it would be bad. Yeah. It's just I didn't remember it that much. But going through watching it now, I thought it was it was subtle. It wasn't overly played with, like, love story. It wasn't overly played with uh, complexity. They didn't have so much of the uh, one-dimensional character. It really felt... Cool. I mean, it, the yeah. whole thing, and even the the timeline piece, they kept it simple. Yeah, they, they didn't go over complex and try and do. With, I couldn't. With, you pick, know, I couldn't. I mean, it obviously at the end of the day, if you and especially if you really know what you're doing in science, I'm sure you could easily destroy any idea of this working. But it, on the surface, I'm like looking at it going. You know what? And they didn't. They didn't have any glaring well moments it, where you're like, okay, well, wait a minute. If they did that, then this would have happened. Well, I never had I that moment. The, the best part of it was, and and we've talked about this in relation to other sci-fi movies and uh, movies of this kind of style. If I think sometimes if you go into over-explaining the science or trying to make justify it, it takes away from the fact that you are supposed to be an observer of the story that's occurring. Yeah. And so the, it's the same damn thing with like the midichlorians in Star Wars, or uh, you know, over over-explaining kind of sucks the life out of that. So what I like about this is they don't really talk about the science behind how they made it happen. Do you realize they the really- midichlorian thing too is another way? George Lucas hates Han Solo. I just occurred to me. Think about it. No, no, think <laughs> oh, about it. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me go. Let me go, Let me bring up another one. Um, it's sort of like Starman. Mm-hmm. They don't really explain the science or all of the elements of why the alien appear. I mean, they give a little exposition to it, but- the fact that they don't give that much, it feels unnatural. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, this they had to explain to to some like if they had started talking to David about why the the time vortex and all this stuff was happening, it would have been like, it would have been okay, a mess. Yeah, in real life, and I realize, I, and I realize, you just totally tried to uh, change the subject on me, but I just want to make this one point: the reason why George Lucas hates <laughs> allegedly Han Solo is this because not only the whole shooting thing, I'm not even going to go down that road. The midichlorians, you realize what that does. He made Han look like a real jackass because you watch them in order. You've never seen them before. You watch them one, two, three. We get to four, which is really one. What does Han do? He gets all snarky. Kid, I've been all over this galaxy and I haven't seen any all mystical. Blah. Well, we know now <laughs> that it's some little, you know, thing in your genetic makeup, apparently. So, boy, snarky Han, maybe you should go back to school. So okay, they never okay. show. Midichlorians so never were never studied like, at all anywhere in the universe. So other than the fact <laughs> that you were like inside the lab uh, on the base in yes. Nevada where this town oh, was supposed to be. Damn it all that. They, they never really show like the, uh, the calculations. They don't go into the computer or stuff. And mm-hmm. it's just, hey, some energy is connecting our two timelines and we got to break it. Right. R2, as in D2. I get what you're saying. 
<laughs> so Jason, what's your rating? For the I Olympics? haven't slipped into I haven't slipped into Star Wars in a long time, and I apologize. I stepped right into that. Part. By the way, he's apologizing not to me, folks. To you, continue, Jason. <laughs> yes, I am to you, folks. Um, what, what is your rating uh, from a scale of one to five? Five being you would uh, beg, borrow, steal, lie, cheat, merc, maybe keep even it and pay the money. Yes, or yeah. one being um, you would throw it at the stores you drove by as fast as you possibly could. So as for today. If I had never seen this movie and I just watched it, I would probably keep it again because it was it was entertaining. It was, I think, well done, well acted. Um, uh, I thought that, you know, Michael Pear wasn't overplayed and I like Nancy Allen a lot. Uh, she's she's done some great. And in this, she was great. She wasn't overly mm -hmm. uh, uh, didn't overact. It was it, she really played a great character that uh, was just enough mm -hmm. of um, kind of disbelief but also kind of following along. Uh, I would give it a four. Uh, mm. If I could give it a three and a half, I would, but we already agreed no halves. So I'm going to go no with the four. No halvesies. Okay, well, no halves. th and that's interesting because along the same lines, I'm giving it a solid three because I too would have given, maybe we should just do freaking three and a half. Because I totally was going to see three and a half. <laughs> uh, uh, but, but yes, I was going to go solid three because I, I don't think I necessarily would have kept, wanted to like see this over again, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. But I definitely, I'm glad I saw it. I would have kept it out the duration yeah. of the rental and I would have dropped it off with a, you know, the skip in my step. I would have been fine with it. Nothing so, pulled me out of it. Yeah. Nothing. There was no moment. Th though, before we continue on into our picks, I do want to make one observation about Mr. Carpenter's connection to this. Yeah. As, as we all know, I am a, uh, a John Carpenter uh, disciple, mm -hmm. a cultist, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I noticed a couple of the music cues, especially not the main theme. The main theme was a little more orchestrated and bombastic yeah. sounding. Yeah. But, but I give you. Sorry. Whoops. <laughs> that that is not it. <laughs> I remember that part. That was towards no. Yes, 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 yes. And, and when he also does this, you stood, but why? Yeah, that was great. <laughs> so that's a parallel universe. <laughs> totally. So no, this this music cue. Tell me if it sounds familiar to you. Does that sound familiar to you? It sounds kind of like the walking away music in the Hulk. <laughs> no, to me, it's totally Halloween. Yes, it, I, I, it does sound Halloween. Especially yeah. like, you know, the, the steady cam, like in those yeah. down between moments Michael hasn't struck yet. And it's before, it's not the dee 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 dee, but it's right before that when we're getting that, yes. you know, uh, uh, Laurie Strode walking down the street, the the af late afternoon, Halloween you day. Build a slow beat. Yep. Yeah. But listen, I mean, seriously, I'll just play just a little bit again, but listen to that piano, especially. It's a little slower. But it has that dark yeah. feel to it. It's not just like a sad. It's that yeah. some kind of a you know darkness. There's a couple it, of those musical cues throughout the movie. I was like, Mr. Carpenter, you couldn't leave your Casio alone, could you? <laughs> it was good, though. Yep. It was good. Yeah. <coughs> I liked it. So, Jay, would you like to pick your movies? Did you say pick my boobies? What? Uh, may have, may not have. I'm not saying. <laughs> so, Jason, what is your fabulous 
and it better be fabulous or there'll be hell to pay movie pick. There will be hell to pay. Um, no, I actually, uh, as I mentioned before, big fan of Steven Tobolowsky. So I went with another film he was in, but I didn't go with some of the, uh, the ones we talked about. I actually went with one I haven't seen in a long time, but I highly recommend. And it's one that I love. I picked murder in the first starring Christian Slater, never uh, seen Kevin it. Bacon and Gary Oldman from 1995. Yeah. You'd think on paper should have never seen it. Really? I, I remember when it came out. I remember, and it was. It, it, I, I remember wanting to see it, but I have never seen that movie. Um, I highly recommend it. I, I've seen it. I saw it in the theaters, and I also saw it afterwards um, um, on cable a couple of times at least. I think I own the VH, VHS or DVD. I did own the movie. I don't remember if it was VHS or DVD. But uh, Top- Stephen Tobolowsky's in it. Uh, it's basically the story of uh, this guy, Henry, who – I want to say it was back in the thirties ish as a young kid uh, is starving poor steals like a dollar out of a cash register. When the cashier's not looking, turns out that the, sorry, hold on one second. I'm going to have to move that out. <laughs> I was trying to switch the screens and I hit the button. Okay. Continue with your synopsis. So he, it turns out, it turns out that that store, like a general store, also doubled as a post office, which made it a federal crime to steal from it. So they ended up putting him in a uh, in Alcatraz, and it just he tries to escape at one point because he doesn't feel like he should be there. And he's kind of this innocent guy. So when he tries to escape, they throw him in the hole. Now, the hole in Alcatraz is literally a like five by five concrete. Uh, box mm-hmm. and they keep him in there for years and torture him and pu- punish him. So when that he gets, didn't happen at Alcatraz. Uh, so when they let him out, finally, at one point, they literally let him out into general population into the cafeteria. He starts to eat and s- the whole time he's like losing his shit. He is bat crazy. And someone like steals a piece of food off his plate he just snaps and stabs the guy in the neck with a spoon and kills him. So hopefully, I, I'm, ho- I'm hoping what you're going to follow up with is to say, spoiler alert, they throw his sorry butt back in the hole and torture him some more. Uh, they do, <laughs> but the the story is really about uh, Christian Slater's character, uh, who's a district attorney or a, a defense attorney or something. Anyway, he takes on Alcatraz and the, uh, uh, Kevin Bacon's case to try and say he was innocent and that it was Alcatraz that made him this way. But the whole movie, I mean, it's, it's got a sad feel to it. It is very moving. It's a great drama. I really enjoyed it. I haven't seen it in a couple years, but um, it's well put together. It's, it's directed by uh, Mark Rocco. I don't know if you know who he is. I, I didn't recognize the name when I looked it up to for today, Not but fan, no. um, it's a great, it, it is a real well put together movie. Kevin Bacon's character is fantastic. Yeah. Um, as is Christian Slater. And then I, Gary Oldman plays the warden. Is that now, is that on Netflix streaming? I seem to remember uh, seeing I don't know. I'm going to have to look it up. I thought I thought I saw yeah, no, it. Good, good, good pick, man. Uh, 1995. So fantastic movie. If you get a chance. That is awesome. Well, <laughs> my pick, <laughs> And I had to give Jason a heads up on this because I know he totally would have picked it had I not. I, I probably would. I am surprised you didn't pick Ice Pirates. I will tell you that. I figured you picked I think I've picked it before. I knew I, I thought w- you had too, but I still thought you'd pick it anyway. And and I wanted to pick something with Tobolowski, so Okay. You know, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. I was I came close. Okay. All right. Good good to know. My pick, and I'll make sure I give you the full title, folks, because you don't want to miss this one. Is the adventures of the Wilderness Family from 1975. Yes, I do believe a record for Forgotten Flicks. I went 114 episodes plus bonus without picking a G movie until 
right now. <laughs> Pretty sure. And it's also the first non-horror-ish movie I've done in quite some time. <laughs> yes. Although I guess it's relative, considering some of the things that happened to the family, as I recall. Now, yeah, yeah. this is one of those movies that I haven't seen in God forever. But I this remember came out like 75? 75. So it came out technically the year I was before I was born and like seven, eight, nine, twelve years after Jason was born. <laughs> so <laughs> it it I saw it for the first time. I must have been five, six years old, early 80s. It was on HBO. I remember that because I remember we had gotten HBO like that late 70s, early 80s yeah. time frame. And I remember watching it over. And this is why I figured it had to be HBO because I just remember watching it over and uh -huh. over again. I saw it multiple times. I know I've seen the sequel and not as many times, but I know I saw the sequel. And I think you mentioned, Jason, you think there was more than more than one sequel there may have been yeah, a couple I, different. i don't remember I, I do remember the sequel uh but i don't remember if there were more but okay i, I sense memory was but I'm not yes. sure so so basically it's the story of a family that is living in los angeles smoggy traffic very it's kind of funny to think in 1975 which was a good almost 24 years not quite but almost 24 years before the movie falling down with michael douglas and it's very similar actually uh yeah. so what but rather than going on a just rage fueled <laughs> killing spree. Um, right. The lead character, the father of this family decides, you know what? Screw this place. I'm taking my family to the country. And yeah. so I believe it's supposed to be like, is it somewhere in Canada that he takes them? I know it's in the literally BFE man. It's like, it, it's like Alaska, Canada, that, somewhere yeah. up in the Yukon. They, and they, and he, this dude is straight up primitive. Like he just wants, he builds a cabin. The family builds a cabin. Oh, by together. hand. By hand. Yeah. And yeah, they were, I, it always like the to my memories of it. I always remember, and I don't know if this is like so dug so deep in my psyche, which explains my love of all the other stuff, Jason. We talk about related to entrepreneurship and everything else. But the moment when he is like in traffic with his family and it's smoggy, and I think it's affecting one of his kids' health. He just starts screaming out about like "We're out of here!" Just the the idea of just telling yeah. the whole rat race to get bent. <laughs> Uh, yeah, right. And to this day, I remember that. I remember liking it even as a kid, yeah. like going, "Yeah." Right on, brother. So, so yeah, I remember that. And I remember that they finally, there's like a baby black bear that they end up adopting at some point. And I remember the building of the cabin. Like, there's a couple of key things I really remember, but this is one of those movies that along with devil doll on creature feature, that kind of all explains me wilderness family and devil doll. That's, that's, that's your recipe. That That's, that's the recipe <laughs> of explaining what I saw when I was like four and five years old and why I may have the sensibility I do today. <laughs> Uh, that and now, watching bits of the heavy metal movie uh, when my dad was watching that on HBO, like hiding behind his Barca lounger. That, yeah, I remember yeah, that too. Peeking from behind the couch yeah. to see boobies. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember uh, the, or the significance of this movie because I have seen it uh, fairly recently. I watched it with my kids because um, I remember, God, I've seen this movie in a long time. And uh, I love this movie as a kid because I, I probably saw FYI, it. FYI, if times. you love this movie, he's about to ruin it for you. Turn it off. No, no. Um, no, no. What I want to point out was this is every movie after I saw this, every movie that had Buck Flower in it. Oh yeah. That is how, this is how I remember him as like the 49er old grizzly coming down out of the mountains yes. and meeting the family with his donkey. Yeah. Every movie after that, that's the character I see him as. Or, 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 or the drunk. 
He always plays a good. No, he just it's the same. He's always the grizzled old miner who probably wasn't drunk at the same time. Um, no, he always plays. He plays like you're saying, like the the old 49er kind of guy. Yeah, lives by himself. Or the, or the homeless guy, or the drunk homeless guy. That seems like his. Yeah. Or fisherman. There's always those types. He always of has kids. the beard. Always uh-huh. has that kind of gravelly voice. Good for him, but, man. He's like he knows. Yeah. He knows. Like, look, I'm a character actor, and you folks need that type. I'm your dude. Yeah, and nobody is going to beat me out for that character. Nope. It's like Stephen Tobolowski. He's like cornered the market on playing like nerdy yeah. white guys. He's like, I don't care. I'm getting paid, brother. Nice. So, yeah. So, the uh, Wilderness family, I remember it fondly. Maybe you do, too. Family leaves behind the cityscape to get out close to nature. That is my pick. So, Jason, I actually yeah. believe, holy crap, it's been forever we are technically under an hour and 10 minutes. Wow. Yeah, there's no way in hell we're ever going to get under an hour for anything. But no, no. probably because we actually liked this movie significantly. There wasn't really anything. To, well, not as much. Yeah, not as much to uh, poo poo. <laughs> yeah. And rail about. Yeah. <laughs> not like our two hour um, uh, epic for Gnome named Gnorm. <laughs> yes. Um, I did have one quick thing. I, I, I'm just checking my notes. Last note I had here that we didn't cover. Um, they make kind of a reference to, of course, you've got to make a reference when two guys from World War II come to the future and they ask about Germany and Japan. Uh, oh, oh, you mean? What about the war? What war? The war. Vietnam? World War II, Germany and Japan. What about it? We won. We won? What do you think? And on that note, I assumed at that moment... Her disbelief makes perfect sense because she may have just thought they were educated in the American public school system. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, you went to school in Arkansas. So. <laughs> yes. No. Uh, <coughs> and my apologies to those of you listening to us in Arkansas. Um, <coughs> so huge fan base there. That same segment, they're driving down the highway. Um, a car zooms by them like a sports car. And he said, whoo, what is that? And she says, oh, that's a Porsche. And his response was, now that's a car or like that's, yeah, that's, be- that's beautiful or something the way he says it. Yeah, that's- and I'm like, uh, it's a German car. And uh, so I thought, <laughs> I thought they kind of would have made the reference well, that I, you she would have said like, oh yeah, but that's German. Actually, you know? I don't, I would, I would give it that because from her perspective, she was not, you know, she, she was not what as a Porsche. Because I if think it wasn't like that reference. I, th- I think you're right. I think that was intentional, and I think they yeah. were doing it to be ironic. Yeah, maybe. I think they were right yeah. because he wouldn't That's have known true. that, and she wouldn't That's have. True. And who knows? Maybe she wouldn't have known. Maybe she had no idea what a poor where a Porsche is made. A lot of people yeah. don't know that. So, well, that was funny. No, like, I think it oh, is funny. It's a Porsche. He's like, yeah. But see, for all we know, that could have totally been an intentional, like in joke, like for people out there paying attention. Because yeah. the fact, because the fact they'd gone out of their way to make reference to uh, what was the other thing. Oh, when he realized, oh, what was it that he realized was made in Japan or Germany? Was it something they found? Oh, something that he said early on where he's like, you know, made in Germany or made in Japan. Oh, like, was, no, they found a bottle in the desert. It was Lowenbrow. That was it, Lowenbrow. Because, yeah, beer. the Germans. Like, German and they look at each other and go, German. Yeah. They figured <laughs> they'd been invaded and the Germans were drinking their Lowenbrow walking <laughs> through the sand dunes or whatever. Yeah, they're cheap. Desert hell these guys found. Them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why I thought they would have made some reference to the Porsche thing because he talked, he made that German comment with the Lowenbrow. But got it. Uh, yeah, that was funny. So anyway, yeah, uh, we're over one ten. We're clear. Breathe a sigh of relief. Oh, so Jason, America. it's America. America. 
I was nowhere near the wall. I'm Swiss. <laughs> no offense, Peter, which technically you're not. So you just live there. So, no, Jason. Sweden oh, whoops. is oh, not I, Swiss. <laughs> oh, shit. That's right. Switzerland. <laughs> I uh, again defer you to the American yeah, public school. school I did total American public, public school. school. Oh, and public. I went to a private school for a short period there. Not much better. So I'm just saying. <laughs> sorry about that. I, I know you're in Sweden. and I, But I, do, I did know you're a Dane. I knew that. Yes. yes In my sir. opinion, Peter, you're a great Dane. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get my ass kicked. So, Jason, <laughs> got some information for us, my friend? I hope Peter's yes, laughing please. right now and not like seething with rage. <laughs> I hate that bald. As he's trucking across the Atlantic yeah. right now. Um, hmm. Yes, check us out at ForgottenFlix.com. That's Flix with an X. You can find Peter's reviews there, as well as podcast episodes and uh, some other cool content. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. On Twitter, I am Flix Sidekick, and Joel is Forgotten Flix. Um, uh, ForgottenFlix.com. I got the .com first. Did you? I, I was only half listening. That's all right. And you can find all the information on the on the website. So, and on iTunes. Leave us a review if you haven't already, by the way. We'd like those. Which so, more than likely uh, you haven't. Yeah, you probably haven't. <laughs> so please so. do. Yes. <laughs> so thank you for that, Jason. Excellent. And oh, as always, from both of us, thank you to JV for the spoiler alert and our buddy Kevin Spencer for the top header of the show art. We always appreciate mm-hmm. that. And thank you to all of you for listening to Forgotten Flicks. Jason, any final words of wisdom? What the hell are you dressed like that for, baby?